If it's Tuesday night, it's probably Drunk Sports. That's Grant Dennison. I'm Jonathan Levy. We're back once again for Grant to get progressively drunker. Is it Tuesday? It is actually Tuesday. This time it's actually Tuesday. The first time in three weeks that it's Tuesday. But is there a Tuesday? Is that a real thing? There's. What do you mean? I mean, like, is time a thing? Is Well, Tuesday's a thing. Time may not exist. Well, it's Drunk Sports and it's Tuesday. It's all the same. Yeah. It's all good. So uh, this, of course, is the show where Grant gets progressively drunker as we talk sports, always culminating. That's beer number three. Always culminating in quarter number four, let the drunk fix it, where I pose dilemmas of the sports variety and others to a drunker and drunker Grant, and he comes up with creative solutions to those problems. Mostly it's about time paradoxes. It's pretty sweet. I will say that. It's it's definitely the best love segment of the show. I I mean, for sure, right? Yeah. uh, Yeah. Last last week we fixed Bill Simmons, HBO with Bill Simmons. You should check out last week's show if somehow you didn't listen to it, because we... Truly believe it was the best show we ever did. I think it's the so we're almost everyone who listens to this show also listens to the poker guys. I'm sure, right? And we so we've made years worth of poker podcasts. That's I think last week's show was the best podcast we've ever done in our lives. Yeah, maybe yeah. the best piece of media we've ever made. Yeah. Honestly, it, it was, was incredible. But hey, don't forget to tell them about the drinking game, Jonathan. Holy moly! I almost forgot to tell them about the drinking game, Grant. Right. So this is an exciting new drinking game. All the kids are doing it, sixteen and under especially. <laughs> <laughs> but they're doing it with juice, you know, because right. we're responsible here. Get some at drunk sugar, sugar highs on those kids. Uh, those kids get whack, bro. They're going to they get some diabetes. Anyway, I start having had two beers before the show starts. Yes, diabetes. <laughs> uh, that's good. It hit me a little bit late. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so if you want to drink along with Grant, that's a drinking game. Silver metal level would be drinking about 5% beers. That's what I drink. Yeah. So... That would be keeping up with me, uh, although doing a little better because we do take breaks. But you could take breaks at the quarters, too, if you want. Um, Bronze level is half the beers I drink. And gold level is if you drink high alcohol beers, highly not recommended. Platinum level is something Jonathan wants to talk about. Go ahead. (laughs) Platinum level is, of course, if you listen to the show at 2x the speed, which you can usually do in your app, whatever app you're listening to, and keep along with Grant all along the way. It's been done. People have not died, so we think that's great. If you're going to die, please don't do it. But some of our some of our listeners are, are pretty authentic, so I think they might be listening on vinyl. Wow. So how do you how do you do that then? <laughs> no, you can you can listen you can vinyl record players had different speeds. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. So okay. it's like thirty three and a third, sixty six and two thirds. Do you put it at that okay, speed. You're maybe good to go. we have some listeners who are even more authentic than that. <laughs> what is that thing that was Eight like? Track? No, the big horn that was like in the twenties. <laughs> oh yeah, the um. The something a phone, the horn- it's gramophone. gramophone. Gramophone, yeah. What what about the gramophone listeners? Out I think there? you just have to twist the uh, the propeller at twice. Our the listeners speed, who right? bring their typewriter and their gramophone to the park to listen to drunk sports. It's a super hipster show, and it's cool. There's yeah. nothing wrong with that. The show is about sports. We promise. <laughs> I mean, sort of. Yeah, right? it's mostly sometimes about sports. So with that, why don't we get into the first quarter? Okay. Just to let people know what's coming up. We're of course always going to have a quarter about the NFL and a separate quarter about the NBA. That's the National. Basketball Association, of yeah, course. Yeah. Fourth quarter is Let the Drunk Fix It. First quarter is often our headliners, and that's where we're going to start. Hey, Grant, you know this is a sports podcast, right? I don't know. I think it's a gramophone podcast. <laughs> Let's talk <laughs> marijuana. Okay. Shall we? NFL.com reports that NFL owners 
privately support the use of marijuana for pain management. Based on conversations with 10 NFL team owners and executives over the past few months, apparently marijuana usage could emerge as a key issue when the collective bargaining agreement is renegotiated over the next few years. Fucking finally. I mean, it's about fucking time. First of all, let's let's lay a baseline here. Okay. NFL players are among the most pain-ridden group of people in, in the world, right? I would say the job comes with about as much pain as you could pick for any job, right. right? Yeah. Marijuana is an excellent pain reliever that is non-addictive. Maybe stuntman? Certain stuntman? Yeah, sure. But that's about it. But, but just thinking outside of social consciousness and, and caring about the laws and whatever, marijuana is a good pain reliever yeah. and it is not physically addictive do you think maybe the job where like you know the people want to be dominated and get get whipped maybe some people want to be the whipper and so someone who gets whipped that would probably comes with more pain too but they like the pain no no, no you're getting paid to do that oh. so you're it's the the person likes hitting you right it's like a masochist thing you know okay. you're, you're, you're helping their sadic sadism Okay, well, those people should probably be allowed to smoke weed with their collective oh, bargaining fair agreement. Fair I'm just coming whatever, up with jobs that whatever hurt more. their union is should probably make sure that they make sure the next collective bargaining agreement includes marijuana usage is okay. Honestly, it probably does. Yeah, probably, <laughs> probably no one's drug testing those people. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, I you know we we've ranted or I've specifically ranted about this before on this podcast how ridiculous it is that Le'Veon Bell gets four games same same as people who hit people and do other terrible things. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I feel like there should be no suspension. And it's good to hear this, that people are coming around. I think probably a lot of it has to do with the slow crawl to federal legalization of marijuana that seems to be happening in the U.S. Yeah, actually, a majority of states now allow marijuana to be used for medical purposes. Right. And seven NFL teams are in states that allow recreational marijuana use. By the way, 16 are in locations with approved medical use. So that's 23. That's it's most of the league. Yeah. You're allowed to use it for medical reasons anyway, at least legally. But, of course, the, the league, the NFL, can still... Um, make it illegal within the NFL's right, rules. Right, they're a private that. organization. And that's what they've been doing. That's what they're allowed to do, but yeah. it's ridiculous to punish people for this. It's not performance-enhancing in any way, that's mm-hmm. for sure. No. It does not help you. No. So, no one, no one, if anything, it makes you want to chill, right? Yeah. It makes you like, hey, let's just eat some food, guys. You have watched a lot of good marijuana movies. A lot of Dazed and Confused over yeah. here, man. Yeah, that's all you. That's all you. Anyway, it, it makes me happy. I'm glad that yeah. we're we're going in this direction because it's ridiculous to to punish players for using weed, especially when they're a lot of them are in chronic pain, and it's a really and a lot of these guys end up addicted to pills. By the way, well, it's yeah, like, that's something that the NFL wants to sweep under the rug. Like the shit the doctors use in the NFL is crazy shit, crazy barbiturate shit, and the a lot of these players end up addicted to drugs for their entire life. You know and Marijuana is non-addictive. I mean, the fact that the NFL will shoot these guys up every single week with horrible drugs that are terrible for these people's bodies but allow them to go play but won't let them smoke pot seems crazy. Yes. Now, it does set up kind of a weird situation, though, in the NFL where what if you're a player? Let's say your name rhymes with Bosch Borden, just for example. Bosch Borden? Yeah. Okay. You're a receiver for the uh, Cleveland Crowns. Oh, you're you're doing Tom Brady? Yeah, Tom Braley. Yeah. Um, that's an inside joke, people. Um, very inside. So, um, yeah, your name is Josh Gordon, and you play for the the Breedland Crowns. And uh, let's say it's a, it's legal to smoke in Ohio. Let's just pretend right now it's okay. legal. So it's fine. You're doing it. The league's fine with that. But then you go to some you go to play the Saints in Louisiana, and it's not legal to smoke pot in Louisiana. So how does that work? Um, you smoke pot anyway. Ah, well, that's what most people do. Yeah. 
<laughs> for sure. I think that's how it practically works. What? Yeah. So the NFL, I guess, would just not drug test for pot at all. Would be the plan, right? Yeah. So they don't worry about it. They just say, well, we're not going to look for that, so it's not our issue. It's not our problem. Yeah. The problem is the NFL has been sort of making themselves the moral cop of the NFL for a good 20 years now. And so it's weird for them to go from taking this very, very aggressive anti-pot stance. I mean, it's cost Josh Gordon. Now, granted, clearly Josh Gordon has some real issues. Yeah, right? no, that guy actually checked into alcohol rehab. When so he was he, just about to finally come yeah. back and finally start making so some money So it's not again. just weed. You yeah. know, he's got a lot of stuff he's going on. He's got major addiction problems. Yeah. However, it seemed like the NFL kept him out way longer than they should have based on at least what was reported as only marijuana-based issues. Yeah, I think um, what the I mean, I I don't think taking the history of the NFL into account at all would make sense here. But I think the NFL should just punish for DUIs and not for anything else, like they do with alcohol. Right, right. Like it's not like a player can't have a beer, but mm-hmm. they can't. But they shouldn't have a DUI. Nobody right. should. But an NFL player should be punished for that, and that's yeah. fine. That should be the same with marijuana. Mm-hmm. That's I'm down with that. I'm down with that. Yeah. Okay. Um, anything else you want to bring up with that? I just hope it's, it's cool to hear that the owners are like, at least some of the owners are, are moving this way and, yeah. uh, it's a good direction they need to be going in this direction. I would guess a lot of the owners have probably wanted to do this for a while, but just felt like they couldn't because marijuana was illegal. And so the NFL, right. just, the NFL just felt like it had to, if it was doing drug stuff anyway, pot would be something. Of course it would. I mean, the for. national culture is changing. We don't have to do a whole history of marijuana podcast, but it certainly is ridiculous that. It's gone the way it has in this, I mean, in this country. I'm really glad we're not going to do a yeah. history of marijuana podcast. I got to tell you, that does not sound interesting to me. I'm going to do it by myself. Yeah, you do it. Yeah. Drunk sports. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Let's move on. James Harden has been crushing it yeah. in such a big way for the Houston Rockets. So much so, these are numbers you really don't ever see. I, I'm going to say. So here's Harden's current line. He's played 10 games. He's getting 37 minutes a game. He's shooting 50% from the floor. Pretty much a little, a shade under 39% anyway, from three-point range, 85% from the line. By the way, he's going to line almost 10 times a game. He's getting 12 and a half assists, leading the league, eight rebounds, 30.3 points, a little over a steal. He is turning the ball over almost six times a game. But holy camoles, what the heck is going on in Houston? And what will it take for James Harden to win the MVP this year? That's a lot of turnovers. That's a That's crazy amount like of Like six turnovers is way too many. But the rest of those numbers are incredible. And this is obviously because he switched to point guard. He's Correct. playing point guard. This is what you do. When you want your really good player to rack up the stats, you move him to point guard. The Bulls did it with Jordan for a little while, and his numbers went crazy. Giannis is doing it in Milwaukee. His numbers have just been great ever since they did it this year as well yeah. as last. And here we are with James Harden as well. Right. I mean, the thing is, James Harden is still not good at defense. There's that. No. He yeah. doesn't really care about the D. He doesn't want to do that. Um, I think that it's going to be harder for him to win MVP than a lot of other players would in his situation because there's a general perception that he's kind of a dick. Like, And I think <laughs> yeah. part of that is because he won't try on defense. Also, he won't eat traditional breakfast. That guy just refuses. <laughs> that I, no matter how often people tell him, you know what? The American oh way is to just go to Denny's and eat a traditional fucking breakfast. He's like, no. I'm going to wear a leather jacket. I'm going to ride a motorcycle. I'm going to eat my breakfast at Taco Bell. Fuck you. That's what James Harden says to reporters constantly. And you know what? That's going to make it hard for him to win MVP because while breakfast defectors as a group have a lot of underground support, it's it's underground, you know. It's like mostly on the dark net, you know. It's yeah, not yeah. it's not like it's not like anybody important's coming out in favor of breakfast defectors, no matter what they really think, you know. They just can't do it. They mm. can't do it. Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> wow, you really 
I appreciate you going for it so hard there. Um, so I got. I just want to let everyone know who may be wondering. No, we're not making any money off Grant talking about Taco Bell nope. and Denny's <laughs> or anything like that. One day, if the show gets big enough, people will wonder. And even then, we probably won't make any Taco Bell money. So Houston is six and four. Yeah, if they if they can get to the playoffs, he has a shot at MVP. I think. I mean, Houston's probably going to make the playoffs. They're likely to make the playoffs, I think. But they're just probably going to sneak in, yeah. most likely, win like 43 games. I mean, who else do they have? They don't really have anybody else that good. I mean, they have Clint Capella. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they have him. They have Patrick Beverly. Yeah. Eric Gordon is having an okay year. Sure. Ryan Anderson's not bad. Nene Hilario is on that You don't team. want any of these guys to be your second best player. No, it's hard to argue. Trevor Ariza. They've got a lot of, like, reasonable guys just that you don't want them to be your— Like, they'd be great as your fifth-best player, a lot of these guys, right? Yeah, or maybe even sixth or seventh. Eric Gordon as your fifth-best player Yeah, that'd fine. be good. That'd Trevor be good. Ariza's okay as yeah. your fifth-best player. Corey Brewer, maybe not. Ryan Anderson, definitely your fifth-best yeah, player. Yeah, okay. That guy's good. You know, they've got—Clint Capella's pretty good, too, and Nene is at least still okay. Yeah. They don't have enough, I guess. All right, so— How many games does it take? How many games do they have to win for him to win the MVP? 53 and wow well that ain't, that ain't happening it has to not just be that he has to obviously keep this up and other players have to not be as good right like russell westbrook could be as right. good you know well i mean oklahoma city's actually fallen they start off six and one but they've lost three in a row yeah, they're down okay, to six sure. and four um however West, russell westbrook numbers are also spectacular right and he is a more spectacular player in general than James Harden. But James Harden's shooting a lot better. James Harden's shooting 50% yeah. from the floors with 30 points and all those assists is kind of incredible. James Harden is a better shooter for sure. He's a better Westbrook, offensive player. But Westbrook is, an, is a really good defender. He's not just a right. good defender. Westbrook's a really good defender. And Harden is dog shit on defense. That's a big difference. Yeah. Hard to argue that. Yeah. It's really, really hard. to. I'm not going to try and argue Yeah. That, in fact, I'm just not going to do it. Right. Okay, so, okay, here's the thing with Harden. Though. Yeah. Um, do you think that the statistical inflation is actually corollary to helping the team or it's just due to the positional change and it does not help the team. I think the way that team is built, anything that makes James Harden's numbers significantly better helps the team. That's usually going to be the case in the NBA. And I think that's got to be the case here too. I mean, the team is six and four. They're not that good. The West is tough. That's got to mean something, right? Yeah. And anytime you have a guy who's getting 30 points, 13 or 12 and a half assists and eight rebounds, you're probably going to be at least okay. You're probably going to win 40 to 45 games almost no matter what. He is incredibly talented, James Harden, but he won't eat anything for breakfast. It's not a, ta- it's not <laughs> could, a taco. Could he, um, could he get better on defense if he, if he really tries? I'm sure be, he at least could. be like pretty good, right? I mean, he's obviously a great athlete, right? He ain't Russell Westbrook, but he's a very good athlete. He has to be, right? I think anybody who is a really, really good athlete, unless they have some sort of weird brain function problem, could become a good defender if they really tried. Hmm. I think that's the that's the key is you have to be a good athlete, then you can keep up with your man, you can do all these things on defense, and then if you try, you can be a good defender. This is the era of point guards who are great rebounders. Like not yeah. just great, are like incredible rebounders. Giannis, James Harden, Russell Westbrook, those guys could all average Chris Paul's al- already always been a pretty good rebounder, actually. I know, but those guys can average seven rebounds a game. Yeah. Which Chris Paul cannot do. I mean it's not sustainable, but Lillard's actually averaging something like that. Right, but he's not going to, right? Yeah. But these guys might. Yeah. These guys legit might because they're big. They're big boys. Yeah. Big fellas. <laughs> quite quite large. Yeah. Anyway, I I mean, like, if I see the Houston Rockets on TV, I kind of don't want to watch it. I'm going to say that much. Huh. It's you know, just... 
Probably because of the way Harden gets to the line so much. Haralabob kind of actually thinks they're his second favorite uh, league pass team now. Oh, really? Yeah, behind only the Lakers. So maybe they're playing a little differently under the D'Antoni system. Maybe so. I haven't seen any games this year. I assume it's lame, but maybe it isn't. Yeah, maybe. I mean, D'Antoni's the official run-and-gun guy, right? He, like, started that off. I mean, you know, I feel like Mike D'Antoni gets so much credit for something that he did have something to do with. But, like, come on. What happened was, I read the book Seven Seconds or Less, so I'm not just making this up, right? He was the new coach, and he ran into the owner, Robert Sarver, and Sarver said, you know, how are things looking this year? And D'Antoni said the usual bullshit that you say to an owner when you're a coach and your team's going to be no good. And Sarver could tell. And he said, what do you really want to do? That's beer number four, everyone. Keep up. Got to keep up. Yeah. Sarver said, well, what do you really want to do? And D'Antoni sort of like looked at him and said, I want to start Amari, Sa- Amari Stoudemire at center. And Sarver's like, you should do it if you want to do it. Cool. And that changed the game. That, that was like the beginning of small So the ball. credit goes to Rajah Bell. That's what you're saying? <laughs> I mean, D'Antoni did it, and he pulled it off, but he's a terrible— This guy is not a good coach, okay? I don't know how he got this job. He was terrible in New York. Mustache. He was terrible in L.A. <laughs> Mustache. I don't know that he was actually that good in Phoenix. He had Steve Nash and Amari Stoudemire, the perfect players for the system he had, and he just said, run, 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 and never cared about defense, and they won 55 games a bunch because Steve Nash was the MVP two years ago. And Joe Johnson for a little bit, right? And Joe Johnson. Yeah. Yeah, and some other guys, too. Rajah yeah. Bell is one of them. Rajah Bell. Sure. Rajah Bell's pretty good. I like, I like me some Rajah Bell. Everybody likes that, them some Rajah Bell. I like me some Rajah Bell, but that guy, though, let's talk about the mustaches. If you're going to rank mustaches in the NBA, yeah. of course, number one is Stan Van Gundy. <laughs> I was going to say Stan Van Gundy. Of course, number one. But Dan Tony's number two, right? Um, that's an interesting question. Tag Is your tweets. Some, <laughs> tag your tweets. What, what are they? What would they tag? A mustache war? Mustache, mustache war. Mustache war. Hashtag mustache war. That's great. We By can, the way, we are, of course, at Drunk Sports Show. We can include in players in this. Are there any players with a mustache that's oh, not man. connected to a beard? There's got to be Stephen someone. Ad- Stephen Adams. Stephen Adams is in the running for that sure. That guy is for sure mustache war champion. Hashtag mustache war. <laughs> <laughs> normal. It's normal. It's good. <laughs> it's, you know, this is what we do on Drunk Sports. All right. Finally. A funny thing happened on the way to the BCS championship last week. What happened? What was so funny? Well, let me tell you. So, you know, generally the top 10 teams play, and usually they win, but not this time. Alabama never loses, but teams numbers two, three, and four all took big L's. That's a loss, by the way. That means losses. They all took big L's this weekend, and it sort of sent the BCS into a little bit of chaos. Right. So Yeah, right. Exactly. It was Clemson, Michigan, and Washington. That was numbers two, three, and four, respectively. They all lost on Saturday. That's the first time that's happened that two, three, and four have all lost on the same day in 31 freaking years. I'm surprised it's happened at all before. It is hard to imagine, actually. Yeah. Maybe that was when there were only like 12 teams. So like, it wasn't that big a deal. years? 31 years. Yeah, there were more than 12 teams uh, yeah, 31 I mean, of course, years ago. Obviously, it was 1985. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there was a lot of teams. Yeah. I remember. There was, you know, all the teams. More than now. There was the intergalactic teams. <laughs> Don't forget about them. I mean, people sweep this under the rug. <laughs> we used to have really good relations with some other galaxies. Yeah, yeah. and um, they... The thing that was really notable to me is how they, you would think intergalactic have a big air passing attack. Not so much. Just because they came from the air, you're stupid, dude. Come on. I mean, you think with the whole technology, they'd be more advanced to understand Why passing is more efficient. Because they, the, they got here. No, they're mole people, but they <laughs> accidentally got here. How did they accidentally? <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I'm not a scientist. <laughs> they just tripped and fell onto planet Earth from some other planet yes. from their spaceships. Having spaceships alone means they are way more advanced than we are. Drunk sports. Drunk sports. Okay, so, <laughs> so maybe, this, maybe this is ultimately a let the drunk fix it. It isn't going to be this time. But 
this brings up some weird problems for the college football you know, championship because what they end up doing, and they've got three more weeks to figure this out, but they pick four teams that get to play for the title. Right. Right? And there's this weird spot, really, because if you look at the top ten right now, in the top ten of the AP, for example, Alabama's 10-0. They're going to this Final Four unless they lose two games somehow. But there's four or five. There's six teams with only one loss in the top ten. So what are you going to – there's three spots, and there's six teams with one loss. What are you supposed to do about that? I mean, they have some sort of strength of schedule algorithm they can use, right? Oh, sure. They have their ways of coming up with it. But it sort of seems it's a bit arbitrary and a bit unfair, ultimately. You know, usually they they give a lot more credence to losses at the um, end of the season that cost you much more than a loss in the beginning of the season. Like, if you're 9-1 and one and you lose another game, you actually want to go 0-2 and, and win out as, co- as a college football team than sure. start off 9-0 and and lose your last two games. If you go 9-0 and lose your last two games, you have no chance at the top four. But if you win out and other things, you know, conspire to help you out, you absolutely could finish in the well, top here, four. Well, the BCS is fucked, okay? So the, it's going to be really hard to figure this out. Wow. Yeah. That was heavy. Yeah, it was. And I think I, I'm happy they changed it to at least a 14 playoff so format. So much better than it was. But they needed to be an 18 playoff format oh, probably. Oh, God. Here we go. But as soon as we say eight teams, then there's going to be, you know, all the teams, the teams nine and 10 are going to start complaining. Then we're going to be at 16. But eight is better than four. Eight is way better than four. Come on. I yeah. mean, four, four, you're really killing. Like the number five team in the, in the world, in college football, in the world, maybe the best team in, may ultimately win the title. But the number nine team is really never going to win the title. So I guess you can make a reasonable case. Eight is the number, right? Yeah. I will say this. There was a point when the NCAA college basketball tournament had 16 teams in it. And now we're up to 68. Six, this, yeah. It's a slippery slope. Sure. But that's not going to happen in football because it murders the players. It's to true. Play, but that, that's another reason not to even go to eight games. Honestly. Right. I yeah, from eight a, teams. from that perspective, that makes sense. But it's one more game. Do it. Just do I it. say do it. Eight games. How about this? How about six game, six teams, and the top two teams get a bye. Fine, but eight's it's better. Really unfair. Also, yeah. like, come on, those teams don't have to earn it the way everyone else does. Like, come on. Yeah. All right. I think we're done for the first quarter. All right. We're gonna come back, talk some more NFL and or NBA. All right. It's time to get into the National Football League. Just give him a granted chance to be upset because he's making a face. You got nothing to say? <laughs> Anything at all? You're just going to the silent trip? You think that's going to work? That's not going to work, bro. I'm going to keep doing it anyway, bro. I have a strategy. This is my strategy. <laughs> all right. Before we get deep into that's beer number five, people. When, I, when we do drunk sports, I don't know what it is. Yeah. I, we recently learned that Colin West is a physicist. Right? Yes. He told we did. us this. He's a he's a big time fan listener. Sure, uh, good guy, and probably. He, so maybe he can tell me when I'm opening beers in a normal setting. Uh, it's it's not that common that the beer will explode outward and there will be beer remnants everywhere. Whenever we do drunk sports, every beer I open <laughs> is just like it's well, everywhere. When you open a beer normally, do you try and are you careful about how you open it so it doesn't spray everywhere? And now you just go like. No, no, I'm, for the I'm, noise because you're going be for the ca- noise. No, no, actually, it makes the noise anyway. I'm just, uh. I'm, I'm trying to put it near the microphone. Maybe it's about my elbow placement. It's all about elbow, you know. <laughs> Maybe Colin West can help us with your elbow placement. I think hey, so. Speaking of Colin West, he actually did send some tweets to us recently that I'm going to read because okay. they're specifically about what we talked about in last week's show about Latavius Murray. And the anti-matter, anti-matter, excuse me, teddy bear that you were speculating the Los Angeles, sorry, they're the Oakland Raiders, soon to be in the Las yeah. Vegas. Wow, so much to keep track. We're of. doing great. The anti-matter teddy bear, though, that they would be sending to Latavius Murray because they hate him so 
much. So Colin wanted to weigh in on that. He said, as a physicist, of course, he tweeted at Drunk Sports Show, can 100% confirm antimatter exists, which is great because we were not 100% sure we on that. We weren't sure on that one, no. Can be detected. That's useful. And that an anti-Teddy would destroy the whole Bay Area. Well, I wouldn't want that. Yeah, I don't he, think the Raiders want that either. Well, he actually does continue and says, one pound teddy bear of antimatter, 1,000 times more powerful than Nagasaki atomic bomb. Raiders would definitely have to move to Las Vegas. Okay. So, um, Well, if they really want to get that deal done, I guess that's one way to do it. <laughs> I <ya>. mean, <laughs> the problem is they're trying to use these, the two cities as leverage against each other, so they should wait to send that thousand pound no it's a one pound antimatter oh it's a one pound oh it's a thousand times more of an explosion a one pound antimatter bear doesn't seem like that much well maybe you're not a physicist (laughs) maybe you're not or maybe there's a lot more antimatter than that and it is a small amount it just causes a lot of trouble Colin West is a terrible physicist (laughs) that's a great point what if he's just terrible at physics You know what? I had not considered that. Yeah. Because, you know, I just assume when people tweet at Drunk Sports Show. It means they're smart. Yeah. They're obviously smart. And, and they got a lot to say. Or pretty. Yeah. Or both. Or, or both. Pretty handsome. Handsome, pretty. <laughs> yeah. That's a thing. <laughs> okay. Let's get into the Yeah. NFL. Anyway. <laughs> Shall we? Uh, okay. First off, the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah. You've heard of them, right? There was not that long ago. In fact, they are yearning for the halcyon days of mid-October 2016. Those days so long ago. Yes. That's when they were 5-0. and That was a good record. Even on the 22nd of October, it was a Saturday, they were 5-0. and That but was a good record. Now as we sit here today, I believe it's the 16th of November, they are 5-4. and They've lost four games in a row, brah. That's not a good thing. That is bad. It's weird because when they first made the Sam Bradford deal, we did not like it. We yeah. thought it was a bad move. But then as they kept, they beat Green Bay in week two. That was pretty impressive. They beat Carolina in week three. That was pretty impressive. They beat the Giants. They beat what seemed to be at least a pretty good Houston team in week five. We were coming around, and we were saying, I guess Sam Bradford's good for this team, and this team looks like they're one of the very best teams in the league. Right. So just about the time we completely came on board and joined the bandwagon, they have given everyone a reason to get off it. They've lost at Philadelphia. They lost at Chicago. At Chicago. They lost overtime to Detroit. Last weekend, and then this weekend, they lost at Washington in a a great game. Right. So the first thing I want to say has a lot to do with statistics because uh, a a phrase you like to say on this show and also our other show is small sample size theater. Yes. And that's what the NFL is, right? The NFL is the ultimate small sample size theater. The ultimate. Well, maybe not the ultimate. I mean, there are definitely things that are. It might be the penultimate. But it's, <laughs> you know, it's up there sure. as far as sports go. Yes, as far as organized major sports go, I'll give you that. Yeah, so, you know, the Vikings go 5-0, and everybody freaks out. The Vikings go 0-4, oh everybody freaks out. Yeah. It's, it's hard to determine what that really means, and that's a problem that everybody who's trying to analyze football has. Like, we were just talking on the last segment about how OKC had lost three in a row. And we don't give a shit, really, right? It's like, oh, they lost three in a row, but it's not like... We're talking about the Vikings like they're fucked. You know, they lost four in a row. OKC loses three in a row. There's 82 games. Who cares? Right. Right. You know, so it's interesting from the perspective of a viewer to try to take that into account because it's hard not to fall victim to every game being a huge deal in the NFL. And that's part of the NFL's appeal, I suppose. Agree. I mean, the Vikings going further with this small sample size thing, if they are a 500 team and we could reasonably expect them to win each game that they played, about 50% of the time, give or take, right? Right. The first five games, there's a 3% chance of a team just like that is going to go 5-0. and 
Yeah, so it happens. You know, it's going to happen one out of every 32 times if they're going to win half their games. You know, if they're 50% to win, I should say, each game. It's a little different. So, so, you know, these things can really happen. It's very possible Minnesota is a 500 team who won, you know, who hit the 3% thing. That's going to happen sometimes. It just goes that way. Right. So, then winning, losing four in a row means it's possible, by the way, they're still a great team and they happen to lose four in a row. Their last yeah. two games were both really close and they could have won them both very easily. All things are possible. They could easily be seven and two right now. Yeah. But, you know, they also barely beat the uh, Packers in I mean, week okay, two, so right? Let's, let's uh, get a bit more into the nitty gritty of Minnesota. Like the Sounds whole good. thing was, was their defense, right? That was what everybody thought. I certainly thought, at least without thinking too much about it, that Minnesota's defense was in the running for best in the league. Sure. It was definitely in the running, and that doesn't seem to be the case anymore. Well, I mean, I will say this. before In their five-game winning streak, they never allowed more than 16 points. In the last four games, they've never allowed less than 20. So that does seem to point to it. They've definitely allowed more points to everybody, including right. the Chicago frickin' Bears, and which is a bad loss. I mean, if... <laughs> If we we take a step back, they're five and four now, and of course things could change within four weeks, and they could they could be nine and four, and right. we'll be like, oh, they were great. But you know, it's, when you look at the actual elements of their team, they have this defense that it was supposed to be good. It wasn't supposed to be that good, correct? So that was overperforming. Sam Bradford is their fucking quarterback. That's not that's good. not special. Adrian that's Peterson not, is out. Their running game is one of the worst in the NFL, if not the worst. It's pretty like, bad. It's really bad. Yeah. And we were just accepting that all those things because the offensive stuff was kind of true, except for Sam Bradford was playing a little bit better. Yeah. But he's still Sam Bradford. You know, there's a genuine history of him being pretty bad in the NFL. And it's not like he moved to Minnesota and became good. You know, it's not it's not like Sam Bradford's all of a sudden as good as even Andy Dalton or anybody like that. You know, he's he's just not if if they had Andy Dalton, that'd be great. But well yeah. They, they would have, love to have Andy Dalton. But they have Sam Bradford. No. You could never trade Sam Bradford for Andy Dalton. No. But they did trade a first round pick for him. Yes. Which, you know, when they were five and oh it looked genius. Yeah, I was like, I guess I guess they knew their window and they had to get a quarterback who could play, you know. Now it looks not so genius. Yeah. Cause if this team ends up nine and seven or even ten and six and doesn't go deep in the playoffs. What was the point of getting rid of that first round pick? Yeah, I guess. I guess if Teddy Bridgewater, yeah, bridge over troubled waters is what Chris Berman likes to call him. Right? That's terrible. Yeah, Chris Berman needs to go. Am I wrong? <laughs> what like, do you mean by go? We need to dig a big hole and just oh, push him on. in. Come on. Push him in. I'm not saying he has to die. Just push him in the hole Chris and have Berman, the hole be really high. So and no ladders. We were talking <laughs> about this last night. Chris yes. Berman. It, Please tweet at Drunk Sports Show and correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. But we thought, we were trying to think through it, and we think the only two original ESPN Legacy guys left are Chris Berman and Bob Lay. Yeah, that's right. Is that right? Tom Lay? Bob Lay? Bob. Bob. Okay. The guy who does outside the lines and has, like, way too much beard now, but used to be clean-shaven. Right. Yeah, I think those are the only two guys left. I think oh, Tom really, Lay. Tom Lay used to be, but he died. Uh, Bob Lay has a really good, like, somber face. He's really oh, yeah. good at the, like, I'm going to talk about something serious. I'm going to make sure to assume neutrality at yeah. all times. Yeah. I am the PBS of ESPN. Without question. That's yeah. exactly. He is the take your vitamins of ESPN. Yeah, right? When Bob Lay comes on, it, the first four words he's saying, you know what it's about, and it's horrible. Yeah. Like, not that he, it, the show is bad or not that he's bad, but the subject. He's like, Jerry Sandusky. And you're like, oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to know the Cavs score, man. You know? So, yeah, yeah. That's, that is the problem. But that's, you know, it's good that ESPN's doing that kind of journalism. So, if, if the Minnesota Vikings could just have Bob Lay at quarterback, you just keep everything neutral. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, then they'd be, maybe they'd be four and a half and four and a half, you know, yeah. four, four and one, you know, instead of five and four, though. 
Yeah. Probably wouldn't sure. have it any other way. It makes perfect sense yeah. to me. So, all right, here's the upcoming games for Minnesota. You ready? Because the question is, how many games are they going to win, ultimately? They are hosting Arizona next week. I think they'll win. They are going to Detroit, who they lost. They lost to Detroit in overtime in Minnesota a few weeks ago. Okay, I'm going to say they'll lose. Okay. They are hosting Dallas. Lose. Feels like a loss. They're going to Jacksonville. Win. Probably win. They host Indianapolis. Win. Probably. They go to Green Bay. Lose. Can't imagine they're going to win that. And then they finally host Chicago. Win. Okay, so you have them losing. It sounded like three games. Yeah. So that would mean they're going to be 9-7 and seven in your mind. Yeah. That sounds about right. But if they're really a 500 team, if they're like an 8-8 eight and eight team in disguise and start off 5-0, and oh, they're probably going to lose one of those road games, be it Jacksonville. or I guess you have right. them losing at Detroit already. They may not. You know, Indianapolis is not a freebie at home either. No, not at all. Yeah. Chicago's not a freebie. I mean, really? Of course they are. Who There's lost no Alshon Jeffrey. But they lost to Chicago already. I know. It's amazing. Yeah. So it's not a freebie. But they're in Minnesota. They're going to be Chicago. Probably. Yeah. That's Probably. going to happen. Okay. Yeah. It must be really disappointing to be a Minnesota fan. I'm talking to you, Mitch. And <laughs> Jonathan's very happy about how things are going now. Because Obviously. Jonathan has a bet with one of our listeners and our good friend. Yep. 100 bucks. And uh, and what's the bet? The bet was uh, the number was nine. The over-under was nine wins for the Minnesota Vikings. We made it before week two started. So before they played their game against Green Bay, we bet 100 bucks. So if the Vikings win exactly nine games, no one wins anything. It's just a push. But 10 or more, he gets 100 bucks of mine. And eight or less, which is suddenly alive. I got a hundred bucks to his, which would be great. Yeah. I'm rooting for that outcome. So if you like the Minnesota Vikings, money you do one not is, have a friend in Money me. one is better than money earned. That's what they say. Do they say that? People say that. I didn't know that. Why I don't know would if they I've, say that? I don't know if I've ever it earned money. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, okay. Let's move on, shall we? Yeah. Another team that's lost four games in a row might surprise you, Grant. It's the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, people aren't really talking about it like that's happening. No, no one seems to get a sense that the Steelers are in massive free fall right now. Yeah, I mean, ever since Big Ben's injury, I guess, is that when it started? Give or take, yeah. I mean, he got hurt in the Miami game, and they have not won a game since. They lost that Miami game 15-30. to 30. That's a bad thing to do. That was bad. Then they lost by 11 to New England. They went to Baltimore, lost by a touchdown, and then they lost yesterday just barely to Dallas. In fairness, yeah, they were this close to beating Those Dallas. are some tough teams. So that that's like not an easy schedule. Yeah, they're at Miami, games. they're at Baltimore, and then Houston. Uh, sorry, New England and Dallas in Pittsburgh is super tough. Yeah, those may be the two Super Bowl teams. Right. I mean, so you can give them a little bit of a break. At the same point, Pittsburgh was really seen universally as one of the best teams in the AFC and a possible Super Bowl contender. I certainly thought so, and this is the problem with trying to state your opinion on the NFL in Week Four. Yeah, you know, it's like that's oh, right. You don't really, you just don't have enough information. You almost never really know anything, yeah. unless I think the only way to know things is if teams blow out other teams. Right. If the game is kind of close, you know, sixty minutes is there's just not enough plays that happen to really know if one team is better than Maybe the other. Maybe sometimes when a team has the majority of their key players still and the same key coaches, you can assume that if they are still good and they were good before, they will likely be good. Meaning like the Patriots and the Seahawks. Yeah, like that. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Like Brady's shown enough and Belichick has shown enough. Right. But at the same point, there are changes on the offensive line and the defense and things like that, which are harder to spot and harder to even watch during the game to be able to, you know, see how someone's playing. And that stuff often determines how good a team really is. Yeah, I guess the Steelers aren't that good. I mean, you can't lose four in a row and be that good, right? In the NFL? I mean, we just talked about how you could 
win five in a row and just be a 500 team. You could lose four in a row. Oh, but be a 500 team. But, like, the Warriors would never lose four in a row. The Warriors? Yeah, I'm talking about, like, let's talk a little bit about the sample size situation. Sure. Like, so the NFL, we're talking about how there's a sample size issue. And losing four in a row means you're bad. Everybody assumes you're bad, right? And maybe that's true. Or maybe you're just not as not good, at least, because even in the large sample size of the NBA, the Warriors would never lose four in a row, right? I would, um, bet, yeah. I would bet a lot of money that they won't lose four in a row this year. I mean, sure, but that's a little ridiculous. You took the team that's maybe the greatest of all time right, I'll take using the, them. Use I'll take someone the else. Cavs. I'll take, yeah, okay. yeah, I'll take the fine. Cavs never losing four in a but, row this But year. I will say this as sort of a counterpoint to that. Okay. The Chiefs started off last season 1-5, and five, and they've won 18 of 21 games since. Because Alex Smith is the truth. <laughs> I mean, Paul Pierce is not the truth. Alex Smith is the truth. He's the motherfucking Move truth. Move over, Paul. Yeah. So, I mean, there is that. So, the che- so once in a while, a team will defy that expectation. Sure. But it almost never happens. I'll grant you. Yeah. I'll grant you. That was pretty awesome. Oh, dude, my name is Grant. Oh, that's that was why so clever. That's why it's good. I get it now. Yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah. All right. Let's just take a quick look at who they have left and figure out, are th- is this team going to make the playoffs? By the way, they are four and five. They're in trouble. That's but crazy. Big Ben looks healthy, and that's good. Okay, they get to go to Cleveland next week. They're going to win. Probably, because Cleveland's 0 If 10. they lose to Cleveland, that is a big fucking deal. It's over. Yeah. Then they go to Indianapolis. That's going to be a close one at Indianapolis? Yeah. Probably a close one. I'm going to say that's a loss. It's a Thursday night game. Then they play the Giants. They go to Buffalo. They go to Cincinnati. They play Baltimore, and they play Cleveland again. Sounds to me like they're probably going to finish 8-8 eight eight or 9-7. and seven. Yeah, I, yeah, that sounds about right. They're going to miss the playoffs a lot. They're going to miss the playoffs, yeah. It's going to be very disappointing. For nah, I don't care. Fire Mike Tomlin. No. I said it. That guy's terrifying. I wouldn't want to be the guy who fired him. Why are him. you afraid of Mike Tomlin? Look at him. He's tiny. Mike, I want to put that guy in my pocket. What are you talking my, about tiny? I want to put you, him in my pocket. That guy's not tiny. He's just a cute little He's little like 6'1", guy. probably. He's like an elf on the shelf. What are you he's even, super small. What are you even talking about? He is like... Where are you getting this information? He's like rail thin, and he is um, not not tall of stature. I don't think you know who Mike Tomlin is. <laughs> I feel like that's what's happening. Like, you know Jack from Jack and the Beanstalk? And not like the movies where they make him like a superhero, but like he's like a this little kid. This is a weird joke that you're making. Yeah, I know. He's it's like really an, weird. He's like an eight-year-old. I feel like Mike Tomlin and Jack from Jack and the Beanstalk be like good sparring partners right. if they were going to like fight. Let me ask you a question, and I want you to answer that genuinely. Okay. okay. If we were in a room with Mike Tomlin right now <laughs> yeah. and we played that segment, yeah. would you feel safe? Yes, I would feel safe. Mike Tomlin's a nice guy. He's not going to do anything. Are you sure? I'm pretty sure. <laughs> he he looks, seems like a nice guy. He looks terrifying. He does not. He looks like Omar Epps. He does not look terrifying at he all. He looks like a mean Omar Epps. He does not at all look like a mean. I don't know what you're talking about, honestly. I don't think Mike Tomlin's scary at all. Let's come up with some scary guys because there's some scary people. You know who I'm, looks a little freaky to me? Arthur Blank looks a little scary to me. He looks like he's because like. Because of the mustache? The, the whole face thing. He looks like he's like maybe a genetic experiment kind of thing, like gone wrong, like science fiction y. Is he going to bur- turn into like sort of like some sort of weird creature? How many, I'm not sure. How many bridges are you trying to burn tonight, buddy? I'm going for it. <laughs> okay. Presented by the NFL. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. The NFL would ever sponsor this podcast. It's That's unlikely. Like the least likely sponsor <laughs> in the world for this podcast. We talk about them all the time, bro. Of yeah, course we sure do. I talk about how much they fuck up everything yeah, all the time. That's true. You are quite the critic, aren't you? Well, you know, I can be. And that's fine. It's a free podcast. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, shall we move on to our final topic? Sure. The Dallas Cowboys. Still good. Eight and one. Really good. Eight and one, dude. Romo accepts bench time. 
Romo is cool with it. I mean, how can he not be? They're eight and freaking one. There's yeah. nothing to say. No, but a lot of players wouldn't be. So I, I admire that at least. Like so, some really? guys, especially people like Romo who have been the guy for so long. Yeah. I mean, I'm blanking on examples, but certainly there are players who would be irrational in this spot and be like, no, I'm the star. I don't know that there were that many who would be that irrational when your team is eight and one. By the way, also leads the league in point differential. I mean, the Dallas Cowboys are crushing it. By the way, they've also won eight games in a row because they lost week one to the Giants. So this is crazy now. They beat Pittsburgh in what we were just saying was a fantastic game. That's number six. Correct. Very good. Very well done. Other notable wins for them. Let's just look over their schedule. They went to Washington and won a close one. They beat Cincinnati. That's not bad in Dallas. Yeah. They went to Green Bay and won comfortably 30-16. to 16. That's sort of a shocker. They, they beat Philly in Dallas, but it was an overtime. And then they just beat Pittsburgh at Pittsburgh. That's a nice one. Even yeah. though it was close, that's a really nice win. It's nice, yeah. Yeah. They're good. They're good. Yeah. Dak Prescott, just the guy now, right? I guess Tony Romo is going to be on what team? Is, we, we figured out last week what team he's going to be on next year. Uh, the, the answer is Den- Denver Broncos. Oh, Denver Broncos for sure. But maybe the Texans. If the Texans are a good, are a good choice, too. This way he doesn't have to leave. Texas, which is nice for him. Also, the Broncos may feel like Paxton Lynch is ready next year. Yeah. But and not want to block his path. But the Texans have nobody to worry about. They're happy to block but anyone's path. The Broncos path. have no more path. of a Super Bowl chance than the Texans. They so do, but they, the Texans are pretty good. You add Tony Romo to that team. If somehow JJ Watt comes back, which he's not. Yeah, you think he's just done? He's done. He's retired. I'm sorry, but yeah. Jadavian Clowney's playing better. Sure, but JJ Watt is one of the best of all time. He's really good. Yeah. He's really, really good. Yeah. So He's, that's too bad for the Texans. If they didn't have hard knocks about the Texans, I feel like a year ago, I feel like J.J. Watt wouldn't have gotten hurt this time. You know? <laughs> oh, yeah. Is that so? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Well, I mean, remember, you know, the tire thing where he was like flipping it it's and stuff? It's just chaos theory. Well, that too. Yeah. That too. But also the tire thing where they filmed him and he did like 42 or 58 flips of the big tire. Yeah. And he was so proud of it. And all that, that was actually really cool how he was, oh. he was talking about it. He was like, yeah, two summers ago, I did it one time. That was the maximum times. Last summer, I did it 18 times and I just did it 53 times. Right. Like, so now he like put this out to the world. So anytime anyone sees him flip, flipping a big tire, he's got to do more than 53 times or whatever. <laughs> Otherwise, people hate him. People, people will murder him. They're in like, the you, you don't work hard enough, JJ Watt. Don't you care about the troops? You're not even a breakfast defector. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like we found our feet in this segment, and I'm happy for it. Okay, cool. All right. uh, Why don't we take a break? We will go to halftime. Grant's going to drink some more beers. We're going to eat some Thai food. We're going to eat some Thai food. We're going to come back, talk NBA, and then finally a little LTDFI. The second half begins, and we're going to talk a little NBA. That's beer number seven. Yeah. That's how you know we're getting into it. When you hit the seven, once you hit the crooked numbers, that's when stuff is getting good. What are the other crooked numbers? Three. So three was good? Eight, nine, five. So all of those. Five is a crooked number. Life for sure. is good. That's a lesson. Four. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anything but one, really, and zero. Yeah. Two. Once you hit two beers, life is good. Yeah. For Grant. That's what people say. That's what they love. All right. The National Basketball Association, Grant. What about it? Greg Oden. You may remember him. Uh, yep. He was number one overall pick. The what? <laughs> <laughs> well, we just ate a lot of food. The number one overall pick of the Portland Trailblazers. Hold on a second. You just used the excuse 
that we just ate a lot of food before you mispronounce the word on the podcast where your co-host drinks eight to ten beers every yeah. time and you're like i my tummy's full in fairness you have i hit- can't say words that are one syllable anymore <laughs> you, my tummy is so so full you haven't even hit your eighth beer yet though you said no. eight to ten you're not even at eight no so of course you're gonna so of course the expectation is that i would be better than you after only having six <laughs> beers and you having zero that's about right yeah anyway greg odin Number one pick of the Portland Trailblazers back in the day. Says he is the NBA's biggest bust of all time. Okay. First of all, what situation would come up where Greg Oden would feel like he's going to say that? It's a little weird. He's just feeling down on himself. Yeah, like, it's okay, Greg. Go into porn. It's fine. (laughs) He's feeling down on himself. Just saying. Uh, So, question is simply this. Is it true? Uh, I think everybody's always going to reference Sam Bowie. Just no, because Michael on. Jordan got drafted after him. There's no way Sam Bowie is the biggest bust of all time. I mean, I guess there's, Greg I mean Greg Oden was a spectacular prospect, but there's yeah. plenty of number one pick busts. Like plenty. Like Michael Ola Candy was number one overall pick. Right, but these like Michael Ola Candy like had a place in the league for a decade. Did know? he? He was terrible. He wasn't very good. But yeah. he like started and slash was in the rotation pretty much all ten years. I mean, how is that a I think okay. Bust. I think I think Greg Oden might be right. Greg Oden's in the, he's in the conversation because not only was he the number one pick, but it wasn't any normal number one pick. He was a special number one pick. Yeah, people true. were thinking this guy is like legit. It, it probably hurts him that the guy who went right after him's name is Kevin Durant. Yeah, that's not great. And there was a big argument about who should go number one, and most people really thought Oden should go number most one. People did, I mean, Oden's combine numbers, all of the athleticism numbers, were better than Durant's. That's crazy. He's a center. Yeah. Like, I mean, I certainly was, was pro-Oden at number one. I was. I am a Celtics fan, and the Celtics, we thought we were going to have a real shot at Oden. They did not win the lottery, obviously. Right. That was sad. But uh, they ended up with the number six pick, in fact. But uh, I was pro taking Odin number one if we got the pick for sure. Right. I was uh, I was in college at the time that Odin was getting picked, and, and we live in Portland. I was in college in mm. Portland. And we were at the park, me me and my girlfriend at the time, and who's now my wife, were at the park and it, in the college. And a woman had brought her dog to the park, and she had named it Odin. Yeah. And this was before... The, the Blazers knew they were going to get the pick. And then I saw her again later with a dog after they got the pick, but before Odin got picked. And she's yeah. like, I knew it was coming. Oh, so, wow. So her dog is, if it's still alive, is still named Odin. I mean, it may and, not be alive. It's been yeah. like seven years. Yeah, but Eight it's years. likely to be alive. Could be dead. Could be. <laughs> I mean, how old was the dog at that point? Was the dog it was a, oh, it was a, a puppy. puppy? No, it was. she named the dog Odin. It was yeah. a puppy. <laughs> yeah. Could, the dog could be old and she could name the dog Odin. I mean, she didn't change the dog's I name. I name you Jim. I mean, no, there, she it just didn't happened. change the dog's name. She got okay. the puppy. Question number two on this okay. Odin, like O D I N, like Thor's dad? No, she, she meant Greg. Are Odin. you sure? Yes, because we talked about it. <laughs> okay, fine. Yeah. All right, anyway, so so you, your point you think, is I think he might be the biggest bust of all time. I don't think he is. I've got some names for you. All right, let's go. Here we go. Number one. Remember a guy named Adam Morrison? No, he. I mean, he was the number three pick. He was number three overall pick. Did he have a worse career than Odin? Yes. Only barely. Only barely, and Adam Morrison never got hurt. No, Greg, I mean, Greg Odin, I, if he I didn't get like, hurt, would not have been a bust. I feel right? like that's ridiculous to say Adam Morrison's what? a bigger bust than Why? Because of it's not just about what number they got picked. It's not like you can say the number one pick and the number three pick. Yeah. Greg Odin's prospects, the way people thought about Greg Odin, people thought his floor was Patrick Ewing. Like nobody people were I mean, insane about Greg Odin. When you say people, you mean like a few crazy people in sure. Portland. Like, but no, on. but 
but generally he was considered one of the best prospects. Here's that the thing. Has ever come out of If Greg college. Oden wasn't hurt, he probably would have delivered yeah. on that potential though. Adam Morrison never got hurt, he just sucked. He was just a huge miss. That's different, man. Like but to why, me, why does it matter? Why does it matter? It's for why you're a bust. Well, I, like one is more in in your control or maybe in your control is wrong. One is about the evaluation and the evaluator is getting it wrong and the other isn't. So the people who like drafted Greg Oden number one overall may have been correct to do so because he actually was that good. He just was so hurt that he couldn't play. I don't see how that makes a difference Why? as far as where, whether or not you consider it a bust. Well, that's, if, if I think bust, it really if matters. A, if you're a bust, you're a bust. You, you either lived I, up to the expectations or you didn't. It doesn't matter right. why. Oh, I think it totally matters. To me, it matters because if the Greg Oden was absolutely no good, like, say, Kwame Brown, who was just no good, right? right? Or, I mean, you said Olo Candy. He's a guy I thought of. Another person who was horrible, Hashim Thabit. He went number two overall. Yeah. That guy didn't belong. In, that guy was, like, in the D-League a year later. He was so bad. He went number two? Yeah. Wow. Second overall to Memphis. Yeah, yeah, I know. That's insane, but the thing, right? The, I but, mean, I think part of a bust is cultural. It's not all about where people analyze them and, and what people thought at the time. It's also how people thought in general in basketball culture about the player before they came to the league. Nobody really gave a shit about Hashim Thabit. I, I mean, mean there's it's like, easy to say that now because he faded into obscurity, did, but he was the they, number two overall pick. They thought he was going to be a great decision. It's a lot decide. different than Greg Oden. Of course it is. Of course it's different than Greg Oden. But I don't see. I don't care as much about the expectations before, and I care much more about what, how, why they didn't make it after. Greg Oden, in his second year in the league, played 24 minutes a game for the Trailblazers, averaged 11 points, 8.5 rebounds, and 2.3 blocks per game. That's pretty good. In 24 minutes. That's No, that's not pretty good. That's superstar level numbers if you go per 36. Sure. Okay. Fair enough. Now, he only played 21 games that year because he got hurt, and then he didn't play again, I think, for three or four more years when he was playing for the Heat and only played a few games for them, and that was it. But that first 21 games that he played in year two was the sign to me. Greg Oden is here, and he was about to be a superstar in the league. And then he got hurt. I don't know how you blame him for okay, that. Okay, so I guess it comes down to how you view what a bust is. Yeah. Because from my perspective, it doesn't matter why you're a bust. You're just a bust. It's- yes, that's crazy. So wait, so let me ask you this. Okay. So Greg Oden, sorry, Kevin Durant gets taken number two overall, right? Yeah. And also he could have gone number one. He's walking down the street. Someone walks up, shoots him in the head. He's a bust? Yep. That's crazy. That's insane. Len Bias is a bust. Len Bias did it to himself, at least. Like, you know, they actually maybe take that stuff into consideration if I mean, he's a cocaine just, user or not. It's just a theoretical difference. You're being... I got a problem with it. Okay, fine. I'm calling you out. Well, I, I'm, I'm staying Get out stand. here. Get out here right now. Out where? Here. I'm calling you out. That's how I do it. I'm here. You're no. You're over there. Greg Oden's the biggest bust I mean, of all time. He is absolutely not. Anthony Bennett, he went number one recently. <laughs> Who cares? He's terrible. He was never... He was never considered the guy that you're supposed to take number one, by the way. They just did it. That's true. That's actually for a point in Anthony Bennett's favor of him not being the greatest bust ever. Is he out of the league now? Uh, I think he's still on the Nets, actually. Okay. This is, what, year four for him? Yeah. I think he's on the Nets, but I think he never plays. So good luck with that, Anthony. You know, because, like, the Nets are terrible. They right, can use me, any talent at all. Let me ask you a question here. And okay. this is a little bit different. It's not, it's not about our theories. It's not to argue. It's just a fun okay. theoretical question. Okay. Ben Simmons is already injured. Right. If Ben Simmons' career ends up like Greg Oden's career, yeah. who's a bigger bust? Between the two of them? Yeah. Well, it's weird for you. I mean, if Ben Simmons never plays a game, you no, mean? No, no. Like, ends up like Greg Oden's career, where he's like, he has serial injury problems and he, he plays some games here and there, and then he ends up out of the league because he can't stay healthy. 
Who's a bigger bust? I guess Greg Oden's a bigger bust because he came in with some injury concerns. Like he was hurt most of his senior or not senior, his freshman year at Ohio State. Ben Simmons was never really hurt before. Um, so I guess I would say Greg Oden because I'm thinking about it again from the GM's point of view. That's how I always think about it. So like the Blazers, they could have selected Durant, but taking everything they knew about Oden into consideration, including the injury history, they took him. Now, by the way, the injuries that he ended up with had nothing to do with the injuries that he had in Ohio State. Do so. you still think it was right to take Oden number one? Yeah. I do too. Yeah. I think you, if I thought it was right then, I don't know why I would yeah. change anything now, right? It just didn't work out. You know, that's right. part of the spectrum of possibilities. Exactly. Like, yeah. Sometimes the guy just gets hurt and never turns in anything. It's all this about di- expected value. This is different, though, than like the Sixers with Joel Embiid. When they took him, there was a good chance he wasn't going to play his entire rookie year uh, for the They 76ers. wanted him not to play well, his entire rookie that, year. That, too. But, he, but no one else, the reason why he fell to three and didn't go one or two is because the injury news came out about him and everyone freaked out because it looked like he wasn't going to play at all the first year. Now, by the way, he didn't even play at all the second year. Right. Now he's killing it in his third year. I don't know if you're aware of this. Yeah. He's destroying it in only like 20-some-odd minutes a game. But The Sixers numbers didn't are want him to play the first year. It was the perfect pick they for him. They didn't them. really want him to play the second year either. No, they didn't. It's such the perfect pick for him. Yeah. He actually probably would have played the second year for any other team. Um, I mean, I remember seeing him in a layup line where he put the ball between his legs in the air and then dunked. And then they were like, yeah, he can't play for that. And then he didn't play for the next six months. And nothing happened. He was fine. You know, it's like yeah. he got hurt then. It's like, so something weird was going trust on with that. Trust the process. Yeah, trust the process. Yeah. One could argue, by the way, if, if MB played and was good, then A, they, maybe they would not have taken Jill Okafor because they're like, well, we have our center. We know it. Yeah. They, they instead trade that pick for something else. Um. Number one. Number two, maybe other players would, would hate Philadelphia a little bit less because it would look like they were at least trying. Yeah. Like, it's really hard to ever get any good free agents to come to the 76ers if it looks like you're never trying to win. Sure. Because they also worry about, well, forget about how much money you're going to give me right now. What does this mean in two years when you're still trying to lose? What, what does that mean for my career? You know? Sure. So you're always trying to That's develop fair, young players and stuff. That's a fair thought. Yeah. So it's really hard to build a team that way. It's actually one of the reasons to get rid of Sam Hankey, really. So that way yeah. you can say, we have a different regime now. Yeah. Anyway. I don't think Greg Oden's the biggest bust of all time. You think who is? I think it's got to be Hashim Thabit. That guy was in the D-League a year after he was drafted number two overall. What has that ever happened before? But the hype was so different. Yeah, the hype was completely different. The expectations were different. Still. I guess... Uh, huge bust. I'm, I'm going with the hype. I think Adam Morrison's pretty good, too, I got to tell you. That guy's terrible. I think Adam Morrison is better than Hashim Thabit. He, he had bigger hype than Thabit did. That may be true. That may be true. All right. Speaking of former number one overall picks, you like how I did that? That was sick. That was like the way you transition in podcast land, buddy. It was That's sick, like bro. You should drink a Mountain Dew right now. That's how I sick am that was. considering it. Drinking a Mountain New Dew. New sponsor, right? potentially? Not yet? <laughs> Maybe one day. Yeah. So, uh, Anthony Breakfast Davis. <laughs> former number one overall pick. He is currently on the New Orleans Pelicans, as he's been his entire life, or so it seems. Dude, I refuse to call them that name. I'm like one of the Washington fans. And yeah. I refuse to, like, they're the Hornets, okay? It's the New Orleans Hornets. That's just history. Great. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. He, uh, he's had four years worth of experience. He's 23 years old. He's having a fantastic year once again. 30 points a game, three blocks a game, two steals a game, 11 rebounds, two assists. He's going to the line 11 and a half times, making 82% of them. Okay, he's not shooting three as well, but no one cares. 49% from the floor. He's yeah, crushing it. These right? are MVP numbers on, yeah, he's, on a he's good in, team. And, you know, four years from now, oh, my God, what's his, what's his peak going to be? Yeah. Right? It's going to be incredible. The Pelicans are 2-9 and nine and have never been good. And while they have control of him for another few years, 
there are already rumblings that maybe they should start considering getting rid of him. And getting rid is the wrong word. But trading him for assets that they can actually build a team with because it doesn't seem like they're able to successfully build a team around this guy. Okay, I got a, a problem with that. Go. What do you mean it doesn't seem like they're successfully able to build a team around this guy? You just mean because they've been bad and he's been on the team? They've been bad for all four years he's been on the team. Right. That's so, what I mean. That I mean, that's that's fair, but like, what assets are you going to get that are so good that you can build a team around that aren't Anthony Davis? Well, what you would get is multiple assets. I guess. That's the idea. So like, if you trade Anthony Davis, let's just play this out for a second. Okay. Anthony Davis gets you probably as much as anybody in the league gets you in a trade. Yeah, he's probably the number one or two trade value guy. Right. Him, him or Towns. Right. Yeah. I would agree. Um, and maybe, maybe on certain teams, maybe Durant's worth a little bit more to certain teams, you know, who are contending or Curry or LeBron, but whatever, let's go with this. So a team like the Celtics who has got assets up the wazoo, what would they give up for Anthony Davis? They give up the Brooklyn pick in 2017 for sure. For sure. They give the Brooklyn pick in 2018 for sure. Yeah. They would give up the number three overall pick who they took this year. Who's looking really good actually so far. Jalen Brown. And those three things. And Al Horford. Um, I don't think these guys want Al Horford. They want younger pieces. Yeah, that's true. And, and uh, Marcus Smart. Marcus Smart, sure. Yeah. Maybe Jay Crowder. Yeah. Whatever. Something like that. Like four. But let's say Marcus Smart because Marcus Smart's even younger. Marcus Smart's 22. Tra- yeah. Crowder's like 26. So now you've got four young pieces that could be the nucleus of a good team. That's yeah. pretty sweet, right? Like you, you have. So that would be the reasoning anyway. I don't know if they – I'm not saying they should do he it. He might have the best player in the league. What if he walks in three years? I mean, they never win. Th- that's the issue. They have a they have a three year window to build something, or he's gone. And the thing is, if they know he's going to leave, then they have to trade him, and then they don't have a three year window. They're like a year and a half. They can trade him next year. They can trade him next year. That's right. Why don't they see how this off season goes and see if like... it's not going to go well? I'll just I'll just cut <laughs> to the chase. What's going to happen this off season? That's going to be so amazing for this team. They get the first overall pick, get an incredible asset, and the guy actually is a great rookie. I will say this: it is they're going to have a great rookie this yeah. year. This is, I mean, and then this is, comes back to the timeline thing where I guess Anthony Davis is young enough. You can have a 19-year-old rookie. and Yeah, he's 23. Yeah, so you got time. Right, but this so is I, all, I don't think they should trade him. I, I, don't, think, I don't think they I should. I don't think they should because he's 23. If he was 28, I think they should. Yeah, agreed. But he's 23. He still can grow a lot. Not only that, he's already one of the top five players in the NBA. Yeah. He's incredibly good. Right around there. Yeah. Maybe top eight, whatever. Sure, but he's... a. If not the number one asset, the number two asset in the NBA. Agreed. Probably and, the number one asset. Even. Yeah. He's incredible, right? Yeah. He's got the unibrow. <laughs> Nobody else has that. No one else. Just him. Yeah. It's true, actually. Eugene Levy, I guess, has that. That hurts. That's hurtful. It's not related to you. Oh, okay. Then it's fine. You're good. <laughs> Is he? No. I mean, probably if you trace it far enough back... There's some common heritage, but no, he's yeah. not related to me in any way. I've, so never, I I've never seen him at any bar mitzvahs. Right. Okay? okay. So I think ultimately the reason, if I were the Pelicans GM, that I would not trade Anthony Davis is the whole point of trading him is to build for the future. He is the future because he's only 23. Yeah. Like, it's still worth trying to build something around this guy. This guy's incredible. You should, and I agree with you, you should still be able to get a lot for him in a year. Yeah. Like, either as much as this or just so a titch less to the point where it maybe doesn't matter. more even if he has like if, if he, he grows if yeah. his numbers end up at the end of the year as they are now that's the best numbers he's ever had yeah and he's worth more than he used to be yeah i mean and you could also trade him in the off season so you could still get all the draft i'm just thinking of the celtics in that pick you could end up having two picks in the top five in this ultra loaded draft class plus you know, Jalen Brown plus the 2018 Nets pick, which should be a top 10 pick as well, maybe a top five pick. That's a, and Marcus Smart, let's say. That's pretty awesome. 
in terms of like let's yeah. shake it all up. But it's Anthony Davis, so he's I mean, a he's a guy who doesn't come around very often, you know. I mean, really, yeah. he might he might be the true once in a generation player. Like yeah. that's that phrase is thrown out, but he actually may be the guy. There's a couple guys who have a chance to be that guy. Russell Westbrook isn't one of them. James Harden isn't one of them. Probably Anthony Davis is one. Carl Anthony Towns is one. Yeah. But those are kind of the only guys right now? I mean, well, for saying generation, I mean, LeBron is the yeah. one-generation player yeah. right now. By generation in NBA, you mean like every eight years, right? Something like that? I mean, it's supposed to be—a generation is in about 20 years, right? For the NBA? Okay. I don't know. I don't know how, we, I don't know how right. we're doing this. Let's not get caught up in okay. that. Fine. All right. Finally, in the National Basketball Association. Yeah. The National Basketball Association. Brought to you by the National— that's a show or something. What are you doing? I don't know. <laughs> DeMar DeRozan of the Toronto Raptors has been crushing it this year, Grant. He's yep. been killing it. And it's not something we've really been talking about, even though we have a sports show. Right. And we have segments dedicated just to the NBA. We still haven't mentioned this guy's name, I think, this season since the NBA It's hard to started. say. Too many Ds. <laughs> he does have two Ds in yeah, his name, actually. that's DeMar too many. DeRozan. Listen to my name, Grant Dennison. How many Ds you hear? Uh, just the one. There's one. That's the right amount. He's got two, though. Maybe it's better. Maybe he's twice as good. I mean, that's what some people might think. He's scoring more than twice as many points as you are in the NBA. I'll tell you that. I Are you sure? I am sure. Okay. Prove it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at the stats right now. Okay. Let's go. So, DeMar DeRozan, two Ds, two Es, two As, by the way, for anyone who's wondering. Oh, my God. He has multiple letters of multiple types? Two Rs. That's fucked up. Two Ds, two Es, two As, two Rs. That's a lot. Yeah. That's way too much. There's something wrong with that. It's like a Scrabble <laughs> word. It is something sort of like a Scrabble word. Yeah. Anyway, let's not get caught up in that anymore. He's leading the league in scoring, and Toronto is really good once again. But he is sort of having this monster year. It's only been nine games. Let's not go crazy. Yeah. But still, nine games in the NBA is legit. It's starting sure. to become a reasonable sample size. He's playing 37 minutes a game, shooting 53% from the field, dude. That's good. That's insane. And this is not a guy who shoots threes, so maybe that helps a little bit. He's shooting 21% from three. But he's only taking one and a half per game. That's not a lot. Going to the line 10 times per game, five rebounds, three assists, one and a half steals, and as I mentioned, 34 points a game, leading the entire league. Here's the problem. He hasn't had one single block all year, so I can't even count him as a legitimate player. He's going to have to fill out the stat sheet. Yeah, it's true. He doesn't do that yeah. for you. Right. Um, it's interesting because he is a guy who modern NBA analytics guys would say, this is not the guy you want playing the two, right? Like, right. He can't shoot a three at all. Right. And he hogs the ball. Like, this is bad. If he's going to shoot 53% from the field and go to the line constantly and hit all his free throws, I guess it's fine. I mean, he's like, uh, he's kind of like Kobe that can't shoot three, right? I mean, but not as good. But I mean, he's much more efficient as a scorer right now this yeah. season than Kobe kind of ever was. I guess so. Ouch. Ooh. I'm a Boston Celtics fan. A lot of Kobe un- people get mad. Though. That may be a little unfair what I just Kobe said. Kobe people get like unnaturally mad about Kobe That's stuff. That's because Kobe people are unnaturally... Uh, People say Kobe proud of Kobe. People say Kobe was better than Michael Jordan. People are stupid. People say that Kobe is, just is better than LeBron James. Like, That's dumb too. Yeah. Kobe is not a top five player of all time. And you know what else he isn't? A top ten player of all time. Probably not. He might not be a top twenty, but he might be. He's a top twenty player. I'm not hundred percent on that. We'll do we'll do that list at He's some point. He's probably like thirteen and a half. Okay. He might yeah. be. We'll we'll do we'll do, yeah. do our own top twenty saying that we just probably made a, on the all star. We just break. made a 
uh, significant percentage of our audience mad. Not a huge percentage. Well, you know what? I want that you guys mad. Yeah. If you're hearing this, we, we like you when you're angry. That's how that's how you listen best. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is for you, not yeah. for us. <laughs> <laughs> so you're welcome. And we're going to keep you know enraging you as best we can. So the uh, Raptors are an, a pristine 7-3. and three. They're leading the Atlantic Division by two games. They've got a really nice point differential. They're just looking good. They're just a good team. And this guy, I guess, has graduated 34, probably— 34 points per game, right? Yeah, he looks like he's graduating to being their best player ahead yeah. of Kyle Lowry. Yeah, it does look like that. That's pretty impressive. It's pretty impressive. His, uh, his numbers besides his points aren't amazing. I mean, like— Five rebounds is pretty good for a two-guard. Five rebounds is pretty—3.2 assists. That's fine. Yeah, it's That's fine. fine. But it's not the superstar stuff that the other guys are doing. Uh, of course. Yeah. It's, he can't really be MVP yeah. because you just have to do more stuff now to be MVP. It's, it's a new world. He's not a Westbrook. He's not a Harden, you know. In the old days, you know, you could be MVP if you scored 25 points, got seven rebounds and six assists. You were like a legit MVP guy. That's not good enough anymore. No. You need like nine rebounds and eight assists to be part of that group. And really, you kind of have to score 28 points a game. I mean, it's tough. LeBron's fault. LeBron messed everything up. It's, yeah. I mean, it's James Harden's fault these days. Yeah. And Russell Westbrook. Those guys I'm saying are just... LeBron was the guy who made it that way. Yeah, I'm saying mm, maybe, maybe not. Shut up. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe so. Okay. Maybe so. Anyway, okay, here's the question. Is DeMar DeRozan actually good to have on your team? Because a lot of analytics guys would say you don't want DeMar DeRozan. I mean, or her- they, they did last year at least. Herolibus Vulgaris tweeted something today that you had mentioned to me about how he sort of has come completely around on DeMar DeRozan, yeah? Well, it, he said something along the lines of... Uh, I don't understand anything anymore. DeMar DeRozan is actually good. It was something oh, yeah. along the, like... Okay, but he was super down on DeMar DeRozan. Even this offseason when DeMar signed this max deal with the Raptors and Heraldus was saying it would be such a huge mistake for the Lakers to sign him to this deal and there was a lot of rumors the Lakers were going to try because he's from L.A. and as everybody is, apparently. So, but now it looks like he's just good. He's, I yeah. think he's 27, too, so he's got time, you know? He has to continue to be this efficient from two... To make him not a liability. That's the thing. I mean, the Raptors were really good last year, and he was their second best player. Yeah. So I don't know if he has to be this good. He just has to be as good as he was last year, doesn't he? Maybe maybe everybody, including the really smart people, overreacted to the whole three-pointers are, are the only way to go yeah. thing. And players like this are still relevant and good. I mean, there's definitely—it's it, gotten to the point— and, you know, Brad Stevens is the coach of the Celtics, so he always wants everyone to shoot threes. Amir Johnson yeah. shot four threes against—was it the Bulls? Did he hit four threes against the Bulls? Yeah. Yeah, he did. I mean, that's crazy. He shot three threes last night, hit the first one, airballed the next two. And I was like, yeah, stop. <laughs> uh, like, everyone thinks everyone should shoot threes all the time. And while the three-pointer is often an efficient shot, it's gotten to the point where it's insane, right? If you're Shaquille O'Neal, you are one of the best players in the league, and it's okay that you don't shoot threes. You don't have to yeah. shoot threes to be a dominant player. And this idea that, that that aspect is super important, yeah, there's value, but come on. Right. People have so lost maybe their DeMar DeRozan's pretty good. Maybe. Maybe we all went a little too crazy. Maybe. Like that point. All right. We're going to take a final break. Come back to a little Let the Drunk Fix It. You can, of course, send your suggestions for Let the Drunk Fix It. It's the worst segment. Everybody hates it. So turn off the podcast. But it's at Drunk Sports Show. And, you know, I will post some of those problems to Grant. Come right up. It's time for a little hashtag LTDFI. That's beer number... 35. Nine? That was a long break. <laughs> no, it was eight. It's eight? It's only eight. What's going on I'm going to try you? to get through a couple of this. LTD you got five. a lot of drinking to do. I want to make sure I have a hangover tomorrow. That's my goal. I want you drunker than this in general for the show at this point. Like, I feel like you're letting down all the listeners. Could, do you think they could hear it if I chugged it? 
I I could give them sort of a no. Let's play not by do play that. I'm gonna that. drink faster than normal though. Okay, don't hurt yourself. I will hurt whoever I feel like hurting <laughs> for the sake of drunk sports. Well, you know that's a good reason at least. I appreciate that. All right, so of course in Let the Drunk Fix It, Green is at his drunkest, which we always like. Anyway, this is but where apparently I... I'm not drunk enough for you no, now. No, yeah, you can't do anything right. I pose sports dilemmas and other dilemmas for Grant to creatively fix. And I often join in and help with that because he's drunk. Let's need, be honest. I need help sometimes, yeah. you know? It's not always easy. We've come up with some pretty damn good ones lately. Right. I it's mean, a high bar. I think antimatter probably won't come up this time. It didn't come up last time. That, that was, was just in the no, NFL that was just segment. A normal shit. Yeah, yeah, that was just. Okay. Yeah, you know, the CGI and Bill Simmons into past episodes of HBO programs, though, that came up. That was a good fix. That was incredible. We fix. fixed it. Oh, HBO we nailed it. Pay us for that. Uh, you know, they just might. They just might. All right, let's get into this, this week's. LTDFI though. First of all, let's keep it real, uh, real current. Stop. Let's keep it real. <laughs> That's all you gotta say. Even better. Yeah. Tony Romo. Yep. Quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. Currently second string quarterback of the I Dallas mean, Cowboys. He's the the fucking clipboard holder of the Dallas <laughs> Cowboys. You know what I'm saying? That guy's a real piece of shit. Yeah. Uh, he makes <laughs> he makes about twenty million dollars a year. Yeah. Whatever. He's gonna make. You know, about another $10 million this year. And the NFL trade deadline has passed. You can't trade him now. There's no way the Cowboys are going to cut him. My question to you is this. Similar a little bit in some ways to last week's question about Bill Simmons. How do the Dallas Cowboys get value out of Tony Romo since they're paying him all this money and he's just sitting on the bench? How long is his contract? Uh, they, can, they can cut him after this year if they want. They can cut him after this year? Yeah, so it's value for the rest of this season. Well, he will give great advice to Dak Prescott. Yeah. This is the literal fix. We're going to have to try to come up with a fun fix. Sure. Because this is a boring question, and it's your what? fault. I'm kidding. It's fine. <laughs> um, so, um, all right. How do they use him? All right. He can do promotional material for them. That's, sure. That's good. Yeah. You know, people in Dallas love that guy. They do. Yeah. I don't know if they love him anymore. They're 8-1. and one. You got anything? It's not It's not clicking with me right now. No? No. <laughs> hook, me up, up. hook me up with a little help here. You gave up so quickly this yeah. time. I mean, I, I'm, I'm thinking. I'm working on it. Okay. Well, you know how they have um, in practice those tackling dummies that the, the linemen like push up against? Yeah. Just use Tony. Nah, how about Tony gets involved? I don't know if he'll agree to that. I don't know if he... I mean, does he want his money or not? All right. I got I got something. Okay. Here's, here's how you use them. All right. So I think... And I'm not 100% sure, but I think the Dallas Cowboys have, like, a scantily clad cheerleader ride out on a horse before the game. They probably do. I think that's a thing. It very well might be. It will be soon now that you put it out in the All world. Right, so one of two things could happen. Okay. The, the scantily clad cheerleader could be Tony Romo. Tony Romo could wear <laughs> a bikini <laughs> and ride out on the horse, get everybody amped up for the game. Yeah. Or Tony <laughs> Romo could be the horse. Okay, the, okay. The cheerleader could ride Tony Romo <laughs> into the game. And yeah. now we're talking about and this is don't don't take me like I'm not being serious here because this is some real <laughs> shit right here. <laughs> what does Dallas crave more than anything? What does Jerry Jones crave more than anything? Rodeo? No. Oh. He craves national attention. Ah, That's yes. what Jerry Jones craves more That's than good. anything. And guess what? This will get him. National, national attention. attention. Especially if Tony Romo is the horse. That's no. good shit. He's also going to have to wear like horse hoof fake things. That's what I was going to ask He's going to look you. like a horse. How is he, he going like, no, yeah, to describe be, the outfit? Here's the thing. It might not happen this week. It might be a couple weeks from now. Yeah. Because I want Tony Romo to become that horse. Yeah. You know, he has to be good enough at being a horse that nobody knows until the reveal <laughs> that it was Tony Romo the whole time. Yeah. So 
Trudler rides out. Everybody's like, oh, that's a small horse this time. <laughs> that horse yeah. is a little bit smaller. <laughs> and then Tony Romo takes off his horse mask. Yeah. And he's like, it has been me, Tony Romo, the entire time. Wow. And I do not believe in breakfast defectors. That is, um, that is spectacular. That is, they're going to get some value to that. I will question this one piece of this incredible idea of yours, and it will absolutely garner. How dare you question this? You know, I got to do it. It will absolutely garner Jerry Jones' national attention, for sure, much more so than if Tony Romo was riding the horse in, his, in a bikini. Yeah. That's like one day. Yeah. And it's over. It's like one or two days. The maybe. news cycle moves on. This is like, you know, op eds in the New York Times for the next six months. <laughs> what like, does this mean about the future of human animal relations? Well, what, what, what country are we living in? I'm not even sure anymore. You know, who are these people? You know, it'd be like that. It'd be incredible. Okay. My only question to you is this about that great idea. And I think they should do that. But having a horse isn't that expensive. And doing publicity isn't that expensive. If they wanted to spend five million on publicity, and have and replace the horse every time, they'd still, you know, it cost them like six million bucks total. They're paying Tony Romo ten million. They need to get more value out of him than are just being a horse. Are you trying to tell me that that's not worth ten million? I are you trying to tell me <laughs> that that's I, not worth? It actually, million? it actually might be worth ten million dollars worth of publicity. All right, here's another. Here's another option. Okay. Okay. So. All of my options have to do with Tony Romo becoming kind of a viral sensation and that just kind of raising the profile of the Dallas Cowboys and potentially Jerry Jones as well. Who cares sure. a lot about this? Well, Jerry Jones, maybe he could be on the horse, riding the horse as well. So that would raise his profile. That's ridiculous. Bit. You're right. My bad. Yeah. <laughs> Why would you say that? That's insane. <laughs> um, no. Okay. So you got Tony Romo on the sidelines, right? Holding the clipboard. Yeah. And especially in this game, but also in future games where Dak is starting and Tony is the backup. There's going to be a lot more shots of Tony Romo than the usual backup quarterback mm-hmm. by whatever network is doing it. Yeah. Have Tony Romo do some weird stuff like like for a while. Like first quarter, he eats a giant plate of barbecue, just like <laughs> sets up a giant table, puts puts a napkin in his in his in his collar yeah. and just like sits down and eats a giant plate plate of barbecue. Next quarter, he plays Magic the Gathering with the backup left tackle. They they play, they get really angry about it, you know. You can do stuff like this forever. Yeah. Yeah. You know, oh, this like is that. a gold mine. It just keeps on giving. It just, keeps on, it just keeps on giving. Yeah. Other teams are going to have to start doing this, too, to compete. I mean, because the camera's going to go to him instead of the game. There might be a play. Zeke Elliott's running for 68 yards. Who gives a shit? Tony Romo just cast a goblin. <laughs> they could do it picture-in-picture kind of thing. You know the way they do, like, dual box, yeah. squad box, all yeah. that? Maybe they have the Tony Romo magic feed yeah and then also the game feed right but also he eats the barbecue beforehand right or what if it's like drunk sports you know one of the elements of drunk sports that is good about it is that i get drunk yeah that's a celebration tony Tony roma just gets fucking destroyed on the (laughs) sidelines how about that there is okay i it's not a bad idea but there is a question both with the fucking destroyed drinking thing and the barbecue thing. He's still the backup quarterback. What if Dak Prescott gets hit? They and got he... a third stringer, right? <laughs> I don't know. Probably. So Romo comes in if it's like at a good time when Romo's still fine. <laughs> but it, like if he just if he just cast a wizard and the wizard you know is excellent. It's like this then, is a key moment yeah. of the game. I cannot leave this magic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but if it's like he only ate like two ribs and he's fine. He's, you know, it's like first quarter he can come in. You know what would be great actually is if Romo was playing Jenga against someone because there's so much just natural oh, like Jenga. suspense. And that's a good one. Also, yeah. Tony could be like, 
I obviously can't go in the game. Look how high this tower is right now. Like, right. clearly, I need to focus on another thing you could out. do on the sideline. You yeah. could have one of those serial killer walls, like they have in their apartments, where they like connect all the the lines with the red, the sure, red string. Sure. Yeah. yeah, and he's and like Jerry Jones is one of the faces. Dak Prescott has to be one of the yeah, faces. Yeah, of course, too. <laughs> Dak Prescott's one of the faces. And then you need like sort of a random face that you wouldn't expect to yeah. be there. You know, like Gandhi or yeah. something. Like. <laughs> 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 yeah, that's good. Yeah, I think that's a really. I mean, I think the Cowboys could get a lot more value out of that than we really think. They yeah. become the the like social media darling team. People who hate football love football all of a sudden because look at this shit. Look what Tony Romo's doing on the sideline. NFL ratings climb back up. You know, Tony Romo, by the way. Very, very serious about what type of table he plays Magic the Gathering on. It has to be like a regulation. Yeah. You know, it has to be oak. Are there regulation well, magic tables? I don't know. Probably. <laughs> okay. It's, well, maybe for certain types. Like, if you're really getting into the fantasy aspect of it. Oh, Dungeons ah. & Dragons, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, he could play all these games. You know, with all he that free time he's got. <laughs> What'd you say? He could, he could have oh. a quarter where he just eats burritos, too. I don't know. Really big burritos. Yeah. He, you know, with all the free time he's going to have, he could definitely, like, be a great dungeon master. He's going to have a lot of time to, like, come mm. up with, the you know, the realm and the quests they're going to come up with, you know? Yeah. I'll work on the different voices for the different non Think about characters. how much people would pay to be in Tony Romo's D&D game on the sideline. You wow. could have fans pay to be part of that. Maybe, you know, maybe this $10 million pays for itself. Yeah. Maybe you're making money. There's plenty of the rich publicity. people in Dallas, right? Maybe sure. Jerry Jones himself would pay himself <laughs> just so he can be like the, yeah. I don't know, the, the best goblin. <laughs> One, no, he'd be that half, he'd be an orc. Yeah. Half elf orc. And then he could have his title Obviously. be Jerry Jones colon the best goblin. I think that's a good place to end that one. Yeah. Nice job. Nice job. That was well done. You Thank pulled, you. Felt like you pulled that one out of the fire a little bit. Looked like you were going over with that. And then suddenly, man, the thing flew. I think that's the thing often, soared. That's often how it's going to go. That's the general life cycle of Let yeah. the Drunk Fix yeah. It. I agree. All right. Uh, number two, the Baseball Hall of Fame. Oh, boy. You weren't expecting that, were you? I, uh, Babe Ruth is in there. Fix it. Babe Ruth does not deserve <laughs> to be in the Baseball Hall of Fame. That guy was fat, and I hate him. Okay, so... There's some people who are not in the Baseball Hall of Fame. I think Jay Recker actually sent this in, although I didn't write this down, so I apologize, Jay. I'm giving you credit for it, though. Uh, Barry Bonds, Mark McGuire, Pete Rose are not in the Hall of Fame, right? So the question is, oh, I see a beer about to be sprayed everywhere. Oh, you did okay this time. What number is that? That's number nine. You did that. You're doing better. That's the kind of speed drinking we're talking about. People. I hope to feel terrible tomorrow. Yeah, I hope everyone who's listening and playing along with Grant also feels terrible. It means you're playing right. <laughs> Okay, so Barry Bonds, Mark McGuire, Pete Rose, among others, are not in the Hall of Fame. How can we fix it so, and I'm going to put this in quotes, the right people are in the Hall of Fame? I'm not saying those are the right people. I'm not saying they deserve to be in. But I think most fans of baseball, maybe just fans of sport, would agree that the Baseball Hall of Fame, probably some of those guys, maybe not all of them, deserve to be in. I don't know who you would think does and doesn't. How do, we just, how do we fix this so that way people feel good about the Baseball Hall of Fame again? Because people do not feel good about it. The Baseball Hall of Fame has an almost unsolvable problem. So I'm going to lay that out before I try to fix it. That's, because... why, that's why it's an LTDFI, man. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the whole thing, baseball out of all sports is the most focused on statistics. Yes. It's, that's why people love baseball most of the time. It's sure. Because they can really track the stats, and there's so many stats. And, like, the home run record is such a crazy important stat. Right? It's probably the most important stat in baseball, right? The most important record you could have in baseball would be the home run The record, home run record right? might be the most important stat in sports. Okay. Let's see. If, is there anything else that could come close? Like, nothing in football. Touchdown no. passes, no one cares, right? No. There's two. Uh, basketball points? No. Who cares? No, it's got to be the home run record. Wow, good point. Yeah. 
it's the most important record in sports. Yeah. And it was tainted. Yes. And there's nothing you can do about that at this point. Well, what they've done so far is not let Barry Bonds in the Hall of Fame. Right. I don't know if... Okay, so I think they should change the name of the Hall of Fame or let yes. him in. Because he's certainly famous. Okay, but, but no, it's never really about fame, is it? I mean, no. there's lots of famous baseball players who were never going to be in the Everything Hall of Everything that's called the Hall of Fame is bullshit. They right. should call it the Hall of Greatness. Right, okay. So let's pretend it's called the Hall of Greatness. Okay. Okay. So will you have rules to prevent a guy like Barry Bonds, who I think we can agree, although there isn't... You know, he never came out he and actually was great. He it. was great before he did stories. He was... MVP level before yeah. the source. However, after he did, actually, there weren't steroids. There was the cream and the clear. It was HGH and stuff. Fine, whatever. Just, you know, getting, I, I think it's important to be, you know, precise about this stuff. But after he did that he, is when he started setting all the true records where he put his numbers went from outstanding to sort of unheard of, unseen. He still you know? denies he did it, right? I don't know what he does or doesn't. I think he effectively denies it, but there's been so much proof that's come out. It's, Look at his head. That's the proof. That is absolutely the proof. He looks like a Pez dispenser and not yeah. in a good way. I can in imagine a, a giant Pez coming out of that guy's mouth. <laughs> <laughs> do, do Pez even still exist, by the way, when we say a Pez? Oh, dispenser? yeah. Is that a uh, real thing? Pez is for real. What are the flavors of Pez? Strawberry? Yeah. Raspberry? Yeah. Brickleberry? That's is that a flavor. show? That was a show. Oh, okay. Yeah. I've seen it on my Netflix, I think. I don't even know what it is. Probably don't see it. Okay, good. All right, you're welcome. Um, uh, boysenberry? Yep, that's you know, boysenberry is an un underrated berry. I'm gonna say uh, mapleberry. That's not a thing. Banana berry. Okay. Appleberry. I think it's time to move on. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, okay, we're getting off the Pez thing and back to the baseball thing. That's right. a good idea. So Barry Bonds. <laughs> yeah. Cream in the clear. So let's assume he did it because he did it. Come of on. course he did it. Yeah. Mark McGuire kind of admitted to doing it. Is that right? Yeah, effectively. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Pete Rose certainly admitted to betting on baseball. Yeah, I don't think Pete Rose should be banned for that. Oh, okay. Yeah, I Why think not? the steroids are a thing that should ban people. Betting, maybe not. Because performance? Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Pete Rose played the way Pete, Pete Rose, Rose was truly a great player, and yeah. he was not enhanced by anything that baseball considers unnatural to the game. Right. But he bet on his own games and yeah. other games. Yeah. And you're really not supposed to do that. Well, I mean, there's big signs, and there was his entire career. Every time you walk into a baseball clubhouse, home or away, which says, if you bet on baseball, you will be banned for life. Yeah. <laughs> Just to be clear. And, like, so he bet on baseball all the time anyway. Yeah. So, so I mean. The rules, he, I mean. the, the P. Rose is a moron. Let me be clear. The rules, but, though, I mean, the penalties for taking steroids are much less than for betting on baseball. Like, they, the baseball people think it's way worse to bet on baseball than it is to take steroids. Even though they give you 50-game suspensions for your first one, and I think second one is like a 100-game suspension. Well, I think they got that backwards. I okay. really do. Just because of how steroids affect the records, which are so important to baseball. Okay, but, but betting on baseball in theory could affect the records, meaning like the team's one-loss record, right? right? they could, but I mean, nobody Rose cares. A, nobody Rose cares, cares a, what the Reds' record was in 1978, but they care what the home run record is. That's true. I can't argue that. Yeah. We all care what the home run record is. Yes. Do you think Barry Bonds is the home run record holder for baseball? He's hitting more home runs than anyone else. No. I think... I think those records should be expunged. Okay. Yeah. If anybody was convicted or confirmed to have used any sort of performance-enhancing drug that would help with that ability mm-hmm. during the time that they were hitting home runs at an alarming rate, yeah. then I think that should be expunged. But okay. I don't care because I don't really like baseball. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I personally am all for people taking as many performance-enhancing drugs as they want and like let's see the cool 
let's let's have more offense. I'm trying to fix it from the MLB's perspective. Yeah, no, and we're not trying to fix that actual problem, right? We're trying to fix the Hall of Fame's problem. Like, who do we think is worthy of being in the Hall of Fame, and who do we think isn't? Is the question. So you think it should be performance based solely? Like, we look at the statistics. We don't need to know anything about. Like, it just says player A. We see their, you know, their OPS, stuff like that. We're like, this guy's clearly a Hall of Famer. This guy clearly isn't. The end. Yep. Unless they took performance enhancing drugs, because then that would affect those numbers. Yep. So that's sort of cheating. Yeah. Okay. That's not crazy. That's what I got. Okay. That wasn't fun or creative, but no. that was a good answer. <laughs> Sorry. That was a legitimate I answer. Can't, for I, sure. can't, I can't think of uh, Tony Romo eating something on the sideline. No, no, no. Anymore. You're not supposed to. You're okay. No, that was, that was a perfectly fine answer. Let me think. I don't agree with you. All right. Let's hear your answer. I have a problem with Pete Rose being in the Hall of Fame. Okay. Here's what it is. The guy not only bet on baseball, he bet on baseball and then lied about it for about 30 years. He went on television show after television show, said he didn't bet on baseball. He basically called into question the, um, the honesty and authenticity of the people who did, filed the reports of the baseball commissioner uh, who was – I can't remember the guy's name. Bud Selig? No, it's way pre Bud Selig. Oh. The guy who died right after um, – after Pete Rose, he, he basically suspended him for, or banned him for life and then died. Bart Giamatti, that's who it was. Okay. Not related to Paul Giamatti, I don't think. But if he was, wouldn't that be great? Well, not for Bart. Paul Giamatti's in those CenturyLink commercials now. Yeah, he's crushing so, it. There you go. Making the money. Yeah. Got to do it. Got you got to do it, right? We I would mean, do it. Would big we actors do it? are in commercials now. It's a thing. Yeah, that's going to be us soon. Oh, yeah, sure. We're going to be big actors. Why not? I mean, give me some money. Let the drunk fix yeah. it. So anyway, so Pete Rose lied for 30 years and basically was saying like all the people who were saying he had bet on baseball were lying themselves or were incorrect and, you know, fal- for- falsifying the tr- falsifying things. Right. Not to the degree that Lance Armstrong did. Don't get me wrong. But he was saying like, that's not true when they yeah. like there's I believe it's the Mitchell report that came out and said, we are absolutely sure Pete Rose did it for all these reasons. He said that was essentially untrue. And he said it for 30 years. I don't think you get to go into the Hall of Fame after... Just because you're a dick? Yeah. Basically because you're a dick. There's a lot of assholes in the Hall of Fame of many sports. Yeah. There are a lot. Just because he was a dick doesn't mean he doesn't get in the Hall of Fame. His, right. His stats still are, are like truly what he was capable of without yeah. performance dancing drugs. It's a fair point. It's yeah. a fair point. You know, I got to say, it's a pretty good metric that you're coming up with here. I yeah. got to say, I like it as a metric. Cool. Seems fair anyway. Cool. I'm the, all about fairness. The only question is, you know... There's a lot of people who are suspected of having used PEDs, but it's hard to actually prove they really use them. Well, if they're good enough, they get to get away with it, I guess. I mean, what right. else can you do? Well, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Did they ever truly prove that Mark McGuire used steroids? And if they did, it's probably only because he said he did. And if he knew he wouldn't get in the Hall of Fame, he would never have said he did. Yeah. Just saying. So then everyone gets in the Hall of Fame? That's the end of this? Everybody, going to yes. lie about if it? If you played MLB baseball, you get in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> That's yeah. a good deal. Tim Tebow, Hall of Fame. Did he, he never played MLB baseball? But he was close. <laughs> How close was he? He played like single A ball. Single A is is more than zero A. Yes, it is. Think about it that way, buddy. I'm going to think about okay. it that way. Cool. I'm going to keep thinking about it that way. Please do. Okay. It'll enhance your life. Okay. Cool. All right. You ready for the final LTDFI of the yeah, night? Yeah. I was surprised that there's another one, but let's go. Yeah. I wasn't sure if we we're going to do it. Let's but go. What the heck? Let's do it. Let's ready? go. Bleacher Report. You weren't expecting that as a story. Usually I say a name. Right. Bleacher Report reports okay. that since the election, there's been racial tensions in NFL locker rooms. Really? Yes. Wow. Okay. Massive racial, racial tensions. And uh, now this, this one reporter who wrote this article apparently has talked to not 
everybody in the NFL, but a fair amount of players anyway, and basically said, essentially, the white players are happy that Trump is president. The black players are really unhappy. And there was already a growing tension in uh, locker rooms before the election, and it's gotten much worse since Trump was actually elected. So leaving the politics of this out, if possible. I'll try. We'll see what happens. How do you solve this, drunk? Paint everybody blue. Okay, that's a good start. Okay, what is that going to accomplish? <laughs> you forget about race, and you're just a team of blue people. Yeah. <clears throat> that's all you got. <laughs> you just paint everybody blue. You paint everyone blue. Yeah, and you're a team of blue or people. Or green, or whatever color you want. Whatever color your team loves the most. I mean, it could just be your, your team uniforms anyway. Right? Oh, you could just paint people. Yeah. I mean, maybe that would also be a nice, like, Group exercise where yeah. they come back together as a community. Right. Kind of like that aspect yeah. of it, at least. Still, some of the players will probably remember you know, who they voted for and who they think the others But will they for. remember if they're black or white, if they're painted? Probably. I don't know if they will. They'll you don't look think at the so? mirror and be like, what the fuck? I'm blue. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know anything anymore. <laughs> I mean, I would think, you know, there are certain guys, like, for example, if you're on the Jets, You'd probably remember that Shaw Ferguson is an African-American. I'm just saying. Like, is he still playing? I don't know if he's still playing. He was playing last year. I don't know besides that. He may not be playing anymore. But No, but he's blue now. Yeah. But so you, what are you talking about? <laughs> he'd pro- he'd pro- First of all, he'd be green. Oh, yeah. The Jets. the Jets would be green, yeah. yeah. Actually, green. they're green and white. What if everyone was white? Could you paint everyone white, or would that just be not okay? That's fucked up. Yeah. Why would you say that? It's racial. It's your problem. It's questionable. It's questionable for sure. You're but the they're green and white. That's their colors. I'm asking. It's just a question. <laughs> <laughs> You can't so, do that. Okay, so green. Everyone's green. On the Jets, yeah. <laughs> Why do you say it that way? Because you you were just like stepping over the line with painting everybody white. <laughs> I was asking a question. I wasn't I wasn't asserting they have to okay, be painted white. Sure, whatever. Everyone <laughs> Everyone in the whole league. <laughs> um, okay, but I'm saying like everyone's green, but they're like, hey, DeBrickishaw. And he's like, yeah. And they're like, yeah, we know who that guy voted for. And I'm not cool with it. Like that could be still be a thing, right? I mean, maybe you remove their names. Okay, so it's just what? Do you have numbers now? Yeah, because Jeffrey is clearly a white person, but <laughs> so <laughs> you can't you can't just have names because the names are associated with the races. Absolutely, they are. Yeah. <laughs> so so you have numbers on the back only. Yes. Okay, I'm liking this. So you're like 85, and you're like, I don't remember who 85 was. Yeah. He's one of the receivers. He's probably a tight end. I mean, I guess by position, you could still make some guesses, but you don't know. Yeah. In fact, there's a lot of times. You and know, you don't care because everybody's the same color. Yeah. And you all painted each other together. Yeah. It was, it was a fun time. It was actually a great activity. You played some music while you did it. Yeah. Some non, you know, not country music and not hip hop. I don't know. I, <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Just trying to find something that they could all sort of yeah, come together you on. You got to find some common ground, yeah. I suppose. So like, you know. The Rolling Stones. <laughs> no, that seems like I'm not sure if that would do a it. white person answer. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> wow, you really uh, painted us into a corner here, didn't you? Hey, nicely done. Yeah. Also, the Stones saying paint it black. I mean, this is incredible. Wow. But you can't do that. <laughs> you really can't. <laughs> we already talked about it. That would not be okay either, right? So, like, the Steelers would be yellow. Oh, but yeah. see, what do the Steelers do? They're they're yellow and black uniforms. I don't know what you. I don't know what you do. Maybe they could do stripes. You've caused a you real stripes? problem. I, you know what? This is a problem that can't be solved by painting. <laughs> you proved me wrong. <laughs> I think you're doing great. No, the numbers thing, 
then you wouldn't remember. You're just like that big offensive lineman. You know, it was two years ago now. Who, who knows who what knows, his name yeah. was? And who knows if he's... Also, I don't even know if it's the same guy. They're also, they may have cut him and brought in another guy with the same problem. number. We're going to have to develop an entirely new type of paint because if you paint your entire body, your, <laughs> your pores can't breathe. <laughs> that is bad. That's bad. And also, this paint can never come off. Let's be clear. <laughs> or, but, you, or there's like a machine in everybody's house that repaints them every morning. Okay, but like so, you can only take it off once you get home and no one knows. Okay. Because otherwise, you're going to see who everybody is. You're like 85. That's a white guy. Here's a, here's a, here's a problem, though. <laughs> yeah, what's here's the problem? problem? I assume if the NFL is doing this, everybody in the country is doing this because <laughs> clearly there's racial tensions everywhere. So okay. if everybody's getting painted every day a yeah. different color, the new racial tensions will just be what color you are. Like the blue people will hate the green people. Huh. And and that's just going to be a new problem. So it's not a long-term fix. It's a short-term fix. Okay. Okay, that's good to know. Yeah. Do you, you know who this really... Most benefits out of everyone, though. Jerry Jones, big paint, Benjamin that, Moore. That's correct. Big yeah. paint. Yeah, they're like they're behind everything. <laughs> they're totally, you cannot trust big paint at all, man. Yeah, like oh, you, that that's cream. You need eggshell. Cream yeah. isn't going to work for your room. Yep. Fucking Benjamin Moore, man. Those guys are always. I mean, they, I think they were probably Hitler supporters <laughs> <laughs> I mean, back you know, in the day. I'm just saying, it's not, it wouldn't be surprising to me if all Benjamin Moore paint caused cancer. Okay, it wouldn't be shocking. That well, there's a sponsor lost. You know, yeah, they were well, about <laughs> they were about to say <laughs> they were about to say, hey, drunk sports guys, we love you guys. I love this thing you're doing. Here's twenty k a month just to say Benjamin Moore once a podcast, <laughs> and you know what they did? They sent that to us this morning. Yeah, and this is how we did it. <laughs> <laughs> it was brilliant. So that's a word to all other sponsors. Expect the unexpected. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. You never know how it's yeah. going to come out. But yeah. we said their name. We said Benjamin Moore like seven times already. Like eight now. You're welcome. Yeah. You're welcome. Congratulations. <laughs> Just yeah. chill out. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, we called you Big Paint. It's okay. We yeah. said we said you pay cost cancer. It's fine. Yeah. It's no totally problem. Good. Wow, I think we have done a great job. Once I think again. we're done. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're think, way out. I think it's all over, and I think we probably aren't allowed to ever podcast again. I think that's well, probably one of the things. We're gonna find out. Find out with us next Tuesday night. See if we show up at Drunk Sports Show. All right. See you then. <laughs>